Welcome to a jam-packed episode of All Talk FC with your mans, Mark the Jumper Williams, Danny the Jew Gazette, <laughs> and Chris the Unemployed Alley. It's a jam-packed week of football. We're talking about Ballon d'Or, England's groups, uh, games, segments, and anything else that's fun to talk about. Let's go. I don't care. <laughs> I've had a few whiskeys, it's my leaving drinks. <laughs> Welcome. How's your day been then, Chris? It's not been too bad. Yeah, not been too bad. My last day at work, thank God. Well, if you're going to be offensive, you might as well do it while we've got no listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few whiskeys, so uh, now I'm doing good. Which should be interesting then. Um, if you wouldn't mind, gentlemen, I'd like to take the floor for just a little bit. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You should see the look me and Mark do. I think that's a solid yes. Well done. London is red. I just want to say a big, big thank you to our manager, Unai Emery, for bringing in some guts, some aggressiveness, um, a ruthless approach to uh, football, to Arsenal. This is something we needed for a while. I want to say a big thank you to Lacazette. He's a true gooner. He wants it. I feel like he's wanted to play for Arsenal for all his life. He comes on. He uh, brings in passion. Uh, he may not score all the goals, but he's going to be, I reckon, within this season, he's going to be integral for all the most important parts of, of Arsenal's uh, season. And the biggest thank you goes to that little man, Torreira. What a hero. What a hero. He's got that ability in the midfield just to get, uh, take the ball off for anyone and he's got that quality to, to give it to the rest of his teammates. He's a, he may be little, but he's got a big heart. This is something that a lot of Arsenal fans have been looking for for a while. Arsene Wenger, as great a manager as he was, he wasn't for a long time. And um, I don't know, this is just... Uh, this is just the big example of the turning point that Unai Emery's made. And I think it's shown that we are finally back to the top spot. We are the King of London. We finished. I'm done. <laughs> what were you talking about? <laughs> Chelsea Fulham, obviously. <laughs> no, but what a game. What a game. That, that was a true, true derby. I mean, I don't know how, you know, the sports in general, but football as well, maybe getting a little bit soft particularly with the allegiances to clubs and, and how many foreign players are coming into the Premier League but in terms of clubs playing for that badge on their chest and the importance of derbies and, and local rivalries it was such a it wasn't a game of that was highly skilled but it was just a lot well, I was going to say a lot of guts we should give some credit to uh, Mike Dean <laughs> <laughs> what? He, he's always he's always given credit when they're not here well, shouldn't no, like He's we're always quick to jump on his back when he seems to do things wrong, but he, uh, I think he let the derby go a bit. I think he he allowed the bit of bite, a bit of aggression, a bit of 
I think Mike Dean allowed the derby to be that way. But I don't think it was. I don't think it was outlandish. I don't think there was a lot of huge, massive challenges. Vuitton got sent off, and it was it was a red card only because it was a second yellow. But I don't think there was anything that was no, too outrageous there was going one, on. There was one point where there was like it was in the corner by one of the penalty areas. There was about two or three little niggles, and it went one player to the next to the next, and he just kind of let it go. Yeah, and some. Some refs will manage the game by calling up a free kick because there was a niggle and it would calm it down. But he kind of let it go and he knew where the sort of boiling point was. What he couldn't control was obviously the sub when the subs kicked off. Like, but he couldn't control what he was on. Wait, are, are you criticising it or are you just saying that's, uh, that's no, a I'm good thing he, or bad thing? I think thing? he managed it well. I think he managed to get it up to like heating point without it going over the top. I, I, I think Mike Dean played his part in that. What do you think, Dan? Well, I'll be honest, I didn't watch it. I wish I had. I got some running commentary. You got some stats. Before I boarded the plane. Arsenal scored more goals in Tottenham. It's funny that you tell us about my team, because everyone that's been talking about it today, and all the stuff I've been hearing about and reading about, is about how actually Sons shouldn't have been a penalty. Someone was probably harshly sent off. So I'm not actually... Everyone seems to be talking about all the decisions. I don't don't know if I would say that Tottenham was harsh. The penalty for Son... Is it's one of those you have to watch the replay a lot of times and you see the slight, like slightest, slightest. But the defend, it's one of those that. What was the defender doing? He's given him like. Well, I've got I've clearly got red tinted glasses, and when I saw it initially, I was like, that isn't a penalty. He doesn't even look close to. Uh, taking him down but it's one of those ones I think in, in today's football where it's like you can't put yourself in a position to make the referee give a decision and that's the problem you can't get too close when you're in the penny box you have to stay on your feet you can't just yeah. slime recklessly I'm just better because I didn't see it oh. like Dan I had the opportunity to go to that game oh. and I didn't I'm absolutely mean? gutted Absol- well because I was away for the weekend but I had the chance to come early but but I didn't think that was going to happen. Honestly, I did not expect that to happen. I, I knew yeah, we had a good chance they, of winning. After they trounced Chelsea as well. Like, after Pochettino completely dominated Chelsea, to come and just get dominated like that by Arsenal. And, and look, look, Mark, I know you're what uh, we talked about earlier, but you're saying how Arsenal needed that half-time. I think you're talking absolute rubbish. Uh, yeah. I think Arsenal was on top of that game from minute one. To be fair, Maybe Mark there was a spell for about five minutes. Group, and he's something like, Arsenal in trouble here. Tottenham on top. Literally two minutes later, Tottenham were two one up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there were two chances. There were two chances. One was a penalty. One, fair enough, the, the goal that Eric Dyer scored, the keeper probably should have done better, but it was a good goal. It was a good cross, good header. The Suns penalty, we just talked about it. I mean, it's not a clear-cut penalty. I don't think it was a penalty over I see the game. What made the game good was the fact that momentum was swinging. So Arsenal came out the blocks flying for sort of 10, 15 minutes. Then Tottenham had a couple of counter attacks where they never got shots off, but they got through and they had two on twos, two on threes. And you were like, you know what, they're one pass off scoring here. And then all of a sudden it was like Arsenal were not penetrating Tottenham's defence. But Tottenham were getting two on two regularly against, and I was like, you know what, this is a matter of time before Tottenham score. And I was like, Arsenal looked front vulnerable. Then um, six minutes later, Tottenham were two one up, and you were still <laughs> trying to tell me that Arsenal didn't look vulnerable. But what changed it again was half time. So Arsenal, from the moment it went two one to half time, I thought they need the half time here. Tottenham, like. I feel like if there's another 10 minutes, it would have gone Well, I, I don't know if you've heard it. <clears throat> the stats seem to be batting around, but this will be a good one for you, Dan. 
Arsenal in the first half, if games ended at the 45th minute, Arsenal would be 19th in yeah, the league. I believe that. Second half, they've got the most goals but uh, than any team, the most points than any team in the second half. And their subs have more uh, goals and assists than any other substitutions than right. any other team in the Premier League. So, well, I mean, that tells you Emery's not getting them cheered up for the start of the game and then they're not doing yeah. well. Yeah. Well, you've also well, whatever, but whatever it is, you say that and that's fine and that's that could be a good criticism. But particularly as an Arsenal fan and watching them for, for how, however many years, this isn't a team that will capitulate. This is a team that will come back from behind. This is a team that um, will have some guts and some 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 effort. And that's just Terrera, had. Oh. I've never had that. Oh. I've always had Ozil wandering around. Terrera. But it's not, it's, it is the system. As Gary Neville said in the fifth minute, Ozil having an apparent injury. It's the best it's good. Yeah. yeah. Like, they were, I would happily, almost like Sky were hinting that there was no Mark, I would happily not see Ozil in an Arsenal's top for the rest of the season. Probably ever. Finally. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> yeah, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm Did you hear there. Emery's uh, interview yeah. about Ozil? He said, uh, what happened? He said, I think he has a bad back. He said, uh, was he here today? I don't know. Was he meant to play? I don't know. Do you know anything? I don't know. Right. Are you going to talk about Ozil? I don't know. Right. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. I think that's why all the... Uh, but then at the same up. time, after a big occasion, a good result, the last thing he wants to answer yeah, is about players yeah. who weren't there. Like, well, uh, but I mean, it I, is. I, I, I think it's. I don't blame. I don't blame the journalists for asking, and I don't blame him for dodging because that's the way it has to go. It is a big. It is notable that Ozil's not in the squad in any way, shape, or form in a big game. But I like the fact that he has the the gumption to just be like, look, he's not playing well 12, enough. Yeah, twelve months ago, no. A lot of Arsenal fans, including you, Chris, would have booted Iwobi out the door and crowned Ozil. Yeah. Yeah. And hell in 12 months, it's like, you know what, Iwobi, he's showing quality now. Like, he still has elements of, like, where you think, God, how's that guy a footballer? But for most parts now, he is showing real quality. I was thinking, is there... I don't know. <laughs> so Chris is just... Chris just popping in on the whiskey. <laughs> Might as well top me up there. <laughs> there you go. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, it won't be. I was trying to think. Are there many more improved players? Like, um, he's not. I'm not. I, I'm not saying he's been amazing, but. No, but I, I, I do think. think he was so. Bernardo Silva? Well, hold on. Do you know what let's let's not move off Arsenal. Let's just do a whole thing about Arsenal. No, let's not move off Arsenal. Lucas Perez just scored. I've got my theory about why it won't be. Is so improved. Why? The World Cup. Because he was Nigeria's. Person. He was the man. He was. He was playing well. The, the Nigeria kit, you know, when it came out, it got it sold out in a week, it got plaudits. He was the poster boy, the big, yeah. the big guy for Nigeria. Yeah. And I think instead of shirking it, he stood up. And I think he's come back with this new confidence that actually there's an entire nation who thinks he's. The man. The man. So now Do you know, I never plays, thought about that. Yeah. I didn't think that either. Now when he plays for Arsenal, He's got the confidence knowing, all right, maybe the 60,000 here don't break me, but there's however many million who's got my back. I think that <clears throat> Wenger might end up at Bayern Munich in January. He might take Ramsey with him. But the one thing he would say about Emery, and uh, they said he changed formation three times during that game. I don't think Wenger did that in his entire career, no. let alone in a game. So the fact that he did that and was able to transform and change a game by doing that says a lot about him. And he's done way better than even I thought he would. I thought it would take a lot longer than 
this much time to get the team ticking. And that first couple of games where they looked all over the place, I thought it was going to be half a season of that before they got it going. Well, um, yeah, play that he's, he's done that. We'll see if he can keep it up. I mean, that, you know, they should have lost against Wolves. They were very lucky the other week against Wolves. And now, I still think Man United will go. You know, beat you guys tomorrow, so then that'll be, that'll be the end of the year. The excitement. <laughs> that's, your, that's your Man United bias coming in there. There's no but chance. No, but even if Arsenal lose, this is a good run. And actually, the, the two horror games at the start of the season. That was pre season well, still. The season started with the best time to play. That was pre season. It's, yeah. it's probably a blessing because it can get forgotten. Pre seasons are blessings, yes. So, anyway. Um, but no, I do want to say one thing Sunday, though. Then. But no, but I do want to say one thing about Spurs though. I think that Pochettino made a huge mistake by, uh, and it's been said everywhere, the fact that he put Ander Wilde on the bench and left um, Foyth on there. Who is that his name? Foyth, oh, young yeah, Juan yeah. Foyth, who made a couple big big mistakes. And um, Aurier is actually quite terrible. Here's the thing about so I've heard a lot of people talk about Aurier as well. He's just come back from injury. And Poch, I think, came out today and even said, do you think I would leave one of my best players on the bench because he was fully fit? We've got a long run of games. We've got another game tomorrow. If, if Pochettino, and he knows his team and his players better than anyone else, if he thinks by playing on Viral, he could potentially lose him for the next six weeks, then don't play him. And Foyth has scored two goals and had some well, games, and he's definitely <clears> put him on the bench just in case because he doesn't know what the centre-backs Well, fair enough. If that's the case, that's the case. But Foyth definitely was, a, was um, uh, what's the word? A weak link in their defensive uh, formation. And, so uh, unfortunate for them, but I do think they, I do think uh, Spurs did get outplayed. I think Arsenal showed their quality, and um, they showed that they just have a bit more bite to them, which is so refreshing to see. Just players that just want to play which and I think play hard. Was what caught Tottenham off, off guard? Yeah, are we submitting this to Arsenal TV? Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's why Foyth did make mistakes because Dutch probably didn't expect the defense to get pressured. As probably, well. yeah, probably. So, so United Arsenal game would be really interesting because I, I do think if Arsenal score early, it's going to be. A I crack. just don't like a cracker. That's the all talk derby. Mm. Well, you think they're going to win? I actually. Do you know what? Out of nowhere, I think they're going to go 1-0 down. That whisk is getting to your head. Well, no, what I think it is, is because I'm the same, I think Man United will win. I think it's been so long since Arsenal have beaten United that for us it's like we've been bad like this in recent years, but even David Moyes would beat Arsenal. But the difference is it's not Wenger anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I just sometimes when United sometimes at Old Trafford, I, I, th- I think because Arsenal will feel confident, they'll feel like this is going to be easy. It's going to be all. Just, and also last year, it just feels like they're going to win. Last year, Pogba was a beast in this, in yeah. this fixture. Maybe he'll play tomorrow. God knows. But. Well, if there's an opportunity for. Man United to win and I agree with you that it is one of those fixtures where Arsenal may just it's just one of them ones where it doesn't matter who they have or, or what time you're in but straight after this result on a Sunday maybe there's going to have to be a little bit of rotation Man United definitely have about as good as opportunity to beat a top side I won't say Arsenal in particular but just a, yeah. a top side and, and hopefully give themselves a bit of a start the, the, other, the only other thing is that do we think um, Mourinho is going to lose his job if, he, if they get battered well, if we're going to talk about managers here, and <clears throat> managers, good segue, Dan. Uh, I'm the host, just keep it to yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's a good segue to talking about managers and who we think is going to be on the chopping block because Mark Hughes has just been fired. He has. What do you think about it, Mark? Uh, Mark Hughes is... I, 
I've never liked Mark Hughes. That's because of his name. Terrible since name. the day <laughs> that he... Uh, I, 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 I didn't mind him until the day that Aguero scored the last-minute goal against QPR. And um, uh, in stoppage time, Dzeko scored yeah. to make it 2-2. And Mark Hughes said, just boot the ball out for a throw-in to see. Mm. And they, they took kick-off. If, like, they never show it because you won't see a replay of it. But they took the kick-off and booted it out for a throw-in. And then Man City scored to win 3-2. And you're like, what kind of tactic is that? And I didn't even know. That, I didn't know that since that day, because he got he got word that QPR yeah, needed a result, and then he got word that they didn't need a result, and just said, "Give him the ball back." Like I think he made the choice to say, "Give him the ball back." That's mad. I didn't even know that. And since, since that day, he's, still, he's like, terrible. Yeah. He's um. Uh, we said it last week. We said we actually said with the running they've got, so they've got United, Chelsea, Arsenal, whatever it is. And we were saying, well, they'll probably let him lose those games and they'll bring someone else in new. Obviously, they haven't even let that happen. They've just thought, let's get rid of that. Because he got a draw and I think they worry if he wins the next one, they might not have reason to sack him. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Also, you know, often the new manager gets uh, like a bit of an uplift. You just, they must have someone in the wings. Well, there's talk of a few people, but they must have someone ready. Harry Redknapp. No, it's the guy in Spain. Isn't it the Leipzig guy? Manuel. Isn't it the German guy who uh, was manager of Leipzig last season and he got... He didn't want to renew his contract, so he's out of Heinz. I think he is Heinz something, actually, funny enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the Leipzig manager, his favourite. But, I, I mean, I don't know. There's the talk some... of Barry Monk. There's talk of a few people. Well, I was looking at Mark Hughes's um, uh, sort of records as manager. Um, and, and... Well, that must have been horrible to look at. Well, I'm just trying, I can't remember because obviously my memory's terrible with this stuff, but when he was with QPR, was he in the Championship or was that still the Premier League? Because no, no, he, took, he took them on and they were struggling in the Premier League. Yeah. And he stayed up by luck. Because he, he hasn't, lost to Man City on the last he hasn't been a manager in the Championship, has he? Yeah. I think he managed Blackburn off the top of my head. He seems to be mind. one of these guys that continually gets Premier League jobs. But, he's got, job but he, he hasn't got, like you said last week, um, the Man City, his time at Man City probably flatters his and overall record. He had two yeah. spells. Other than that, he and when you look at any of his teams, you think, all right, what type of football do they play? Because they don't even play like um, a defensive, tough kind of uh, football. They just, they I just, think, they I just think, have, I they just have nothing took, to offer. I think he took Stoke as far as they would go. Yeah, but they get three ninth finishes in yeah. a row. I think. I think this, so. Fulham, City, and Stoke. Well, Stoke, I don't think he was very good, but I don't. He wasn't working with very good parts. So, but I, I just, I, I think it's him. I don't like. Yeah, he I is think... the he is the ultimate blame the referee manager, isn't he? Like outside of Wenger when he was there. Yeah. The funny thing with Southampton now is that when you think back, like they had uh, Peel who got them to a, a cup final and they were minutes away from beating United, and they finished eight. And all the Southampton fans go, I play boring football, get rid of him. And now look at him. They are struggling, they've got Hughes, they've now got rid of that. Pellegrino, they've got rid of. They just seem a bit lost, Southampton. It's a bit like they've just lost one too many players and they haven't been able to cope. And they've got a few young people coming through again, which is good, but they're not quite at the right level. They lost Tanich. Why they gave Tanich to Ajax, I have no idea, but. Uh, he probably couldn't keep him. Um, well, all right then. Just, just quickly then, if you can think of any managers that you might think are going to be. Next to leave the Premier League because it's about that time of year where a few months. Yeah, about ten thirty tomorrow night. Do you think? <laughs> Even uh, after a win, after okay, a win, yeah, after I a win. I, I think Mourinho will go. He won't be there next season. 
Um, I think Neil Warnock probably go. I don't think he cares. To be, to be honest. If he gets fired, he'll sort of be like, well, but I'll I don't go think back to the radio. This Could Sean Dyke No, I was going to say that as well. No. I was going to say that as well. I don't think he will. But hold on. They got relegated with him in a horrible season. They kept him. But Dan, hold on, hold on. But do you think Cardiff actually care about Neil Warnock not caring so much as long as they stay up, maybe, or just try as best they can? Cardiff aren't staying up. No, but Cardiff aren't staying up. Cardiff are going to die with Wimper. And Cardiff got a few points here and there. But they'll give Neil Warnock till the end of the season. I would be shocked if Neil Warnock is still there at the end of the season. I'm still standing by what I said earlier on this season. I think Silver's gone from Everton. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Yeah, I'm, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Today. I'll admit it, I'm wrong. I made a mistake, I don't know why. It's tough, because like, I look at the team and I think, well, every year, yeah, like Mark Hughes was a certain, and to me, Mourinho... Uh, looking like, at the table, I don't think there's going to be anyone that leaves this season, to be fair. Well, I, well, I think... Just name might... three. <laughs> yeah, I but think... two of them are already gone, right? Rafa Raff will go. But what I think with like someone like Warnock is... He may go with five games to go so they could get some. I think you might get some end of the season seconds. Maybe, but I, I, I'm Mourinho pretty is strong the only one who might go by January. I, I genuinely think Warnock will be gone by January. I think that will be close. Uh, and then oh, we'll see what goes on with Huddersfield. Um, I think they'll hold on to the Huddersfield guys. With, because um, he might have a bit of sense about them and he's... With Mourinho, with Mourinho, I've just got a little bit of a theory and just tell me if I'm wrong or right. You'll tell me I'm wrong, I'm sure, but just just humour me for a second. But I don't think that um, Man United will get rid of him because the Glazers um, like their idea of what they want from their team. No, 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 no. no. Their idea of what they want from their team is is the um, sponsorship kind of aspect, selling shirts, being able to sell the club's name all around the world. They're not too fussed about winning here and there. Mourinho has put themselves in a position where they are in the headlines all the time, not because of their play, but because of their action. And I think that the Glaciers, because Mourinho um, is giving them a lot of headlines, it probably puts them in the limelight more than their play, so the play doesn't doesn't really matter. So they'll keep Mourinho, they won't get rid of him, just because he's a headline grabber. I think they're headlines for the wrong reasons. Hey, look, what's, it, what's the old saying? No news is bad news. Boom. There you go. Good, because I couldn't remember that's, it. That's not... Uh, I don't think that's the same. <laughs> <laughs> All news is good news. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we'll just make it up and you agree. <laughs> Sorry, man. So that's my point. Maybe, maybe not. But I don't know. That was just what I was thinking. They they should... if Results-wise, they probably should get rid of him. In terms of just, just being in a limelight and keeping him in the picture, in the, of um, the headlines they're probably keeping. But... Um, Big news as well for probably I don't know about as, a, as an Arsenal fan, but just for people in general. But Sol Campbell's got his first managerial job, Macclesfield. He has. Um, it's also where Paul Lynch died. Oh really? Uh, Interesting. Right. Interesting. It's a chairman yeah. black as well. Yeah. Ah oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well there you go. Um, this might be a little bit off brand for us, but it might be a bit more serious talk. But we'll try and delve into it a little bit. What do you think, Dan? Well, it's funny. So. People, I don't know, I don't know if I've listened to podcasts or I've heard people talk about Sol Campbell, not just recently, I mean just in a long time. I've heard talk about Sol Campbell about He's like a bit weird. A lot of people have said that he's weird. And uh, I think that might, that's partly why he probably hasn't got some of the big jobs. But obviously, with Dan Pilot to get a Derby, Gerald going to Rangers, all these players, the ex-players of that generation. Really well. And they're doing well, Kevin, they're doing well, but they're all getting these jobs. And people like Sol Campbell are sort of going, well, I've been around for... 20 years, I've been, I've been a good player, why can't I get a job? Apparently he's been pretty desperate for one and he's not got a lot of interviews. Now obviously there's 
a massive thing about um, black and African and Middle Eastern players uh, or pe- people being given jobs and management positions. I think other than Chris POCs. Other than Chris Hewton, there's not really much. Um, so fair play to him for that. We'll see how he does. But apparently he's just a bit of a weirdo. The thing is, he never played at low level. How's he going to cope with League 2 Macclesfield? How's he going to know how to handle these people? Well, you've just kind of made the point for him, haven't you? Like, he shouldn't be managing Macclesfield because of this idea that he's not getting a big job because of his colour. But being someone who is a person of colour... Is that the official word? Yeah, person of colour. Apparently, we don't like to be called black or brown or whatever else. It's a person of colour is the... Uh, or what's it? B-A-M-E? Yeah, B-A-M-E. Black, is um, minority. Middle Eastern minority. I just made it from Middle Eastern. B-A-M-E, wasn't it? No, but Sol Campbell, I like... I like that you said that, well, I don't like it, but the fact that you said that he comes across as weird because he is weird. <laughs> like he, he was, remember, I think after his, after um him, after he retired, he was going on like he should have been the captain of England. But the reason he wasn't yeah, captain of England was because stuff. he was black. And I was like, well, that can't be right because there's been a lot of black players in the past yeah, that have that. done really well within the England squad. So that was, isn't something that probably could be that accurate. But, the fact that he hasn't got a big job now, in my opinion, isn't because he's his lack of ability or the fact. Oh, sorry, not because he's he's black or anything like that. It's because he's strange. Listen to him talking in any interview, I and you think strange. this is what he's talking in an interview. As well is uh, um, because he he put light on like he's trying to highlight as an issue with managers that he like I think if clubs will look and say, okay, we'll try and get a black manager, but not him, because he's the activist. We'll, we, we'll, we'll, un- we'll listen to it, and we'll try and... You don't want promote. that trouble. Yeah, you'll try and promote, um, in, like, get some black managers, but you'll say, but not him. Well, so Mark, maybe he, just, like, just off of that, I saw on Twitter, someone said, God forbid if he actually gets fired, because of the things that he's probably going to say. I mean, come and on. That's true. That's true. Just a tap on the shoulder of the manager here, but that's not the norm for most manager jobs. They are the except. That's why they're highlighted because they are fair, the exception. To be fair to Gerard, I, I mean Rangers needed to do something for more than footballing reasons. They needed to reinvent themselves and they needed to bring the lineup back on them because they've been in nowhere. Would Sol Campbell have taken the Rangers job? Well, he took taken the Macclesfield job. He wouldn't have been offered the Rangers job because it's not the same. There's a reason for Gerard. It's not an attractive job, Rangers. Well, hold on, Gerard's top of the league right now. Yeah, but that's only because uh, Celtic are in the cup, so they've got games in hand. They've got one game in hand, and they're, they're two points ahead of them. I mean, considering what's been going on and where Rangers have come from, they're, they're in a good place. There's, there's um, I think there's a there's a lot of sort of theories just in sports in general as to why there's not as many black managers in pretty much any sport in terms of uh, white people. And 
look, I don't want to go on like I'm a specialist so that, that I know anything, but I do think there's more to the argument than just saying that there's some systematic racism where black people aren't getting managers. I actually don't think that black people go for as many managerial jobs than white people. I think they're in a minority just wanting to go into it. And then so you're lessening your numbers anyway. So the fact that there's not as there's many a, black managers and there is white managers, you have to look at it on a, a sort of a, a multi-varied layer sort of thing. Well, this was the Rooney rule, isn't it? Yeah. That you interviewed. Yeah. Because you shouldn't judge it. So the, it shouldn't be a factor. The issue is shouldn't we're looking at the numbers of managers and we're saying that we're comparing that to the number in society and saying, OK, that's not fair. But that is actually not the way you should do things. You should look at it as the number of opportunities. So if I was employing someone on my team, like in my team, I'm a data analyst. We've had no women apply for our job since I've worked there. So you could look and say you only hire men. But we've never had a woman apply. If we had 99 applicants or 100 applicants, 99 men and one woman, for me, equality is that she has... Granted, all 100 are equal. She has a 1 in 100 chance of getting it. That's equal Because then you can't say, well, she has to have a 50-50 chance, so then 99 men have to fight out for the 50%. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's the opportunity. But, so but we what we don't know is how many... So that's yeah. where the Rooney rule comes in and says, well, we know at least one black person went for that job. And then eventually they'll start getting them. Because as you say, one of, the, one of the issues could be that they're not applying. Maybe... There's scenarios where they say, oh, I can't get a job, so what's the point trying? You think, well... Possibly. Like, not saying that's happened, but we don't know because we don't know the interview process. But, Jen, tell me this, right? We'll bring it back to football. Who's the most successful black manager you know of? At the moment, Chris Hewitt. Well, at the moment, or in, or in, in the history of, of our time watching football? Well, there's not many. I mean, you've got Paul Ince, who's the manager. Who's the manager? His name is manager of West Brom. Um, who took it on last back in the last season? Oh God, what was this? Um, yes, Ferdinand has been a. Who did you yes. say West Brom? Oh, yeah. Morris. Yeah, what's his name? Morris. Darren. No. Darren. Look. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, Darren. Darren Moore. Darren Moore. Darren Moore. Darren Moore. Darren Moore. Darren Moore. All right, Darren but Morris. all right, but but, <laughs> but so I mean, so we're, we're talking like a handful of people here. We're struggling to name five. You're talking about a handful of people that have just managed in the Premier League. I'm talking about success. Winning things, well, doing it at the highest outside level. Outside of the Premier League, or in the for us in the Premier League, because how much would we know outside? Well, Obviously, anyone outside yeah. of Rude Hill, I'm sure there's a yeah, strong black manager clubs, in the so. African leagues, so like yeah. But then if we say top six clubs, two of them clubs have had pretty much the same manager for most of our lives. Well, yeah, true. Yeah. So it's, it's just it's Liverpool who's had managers. Chelsea have had a load. Uh, City, well, they won a top club not that long ago yeah it's just um it's just a tough debate to have but it is important but i think we just have to look just, at it on a lot of aspects think, yeah it's one of those that we can only look at from an outside and say there seems to be a bit of an issue but we haven't got everything to be like i couldn't 100 percent be on one one point of view like but as yeah, you say, we, we don't, don't know this we don't know we, we don't know it just looks like Fair play to Sol Campbell. Fair play to Sol Campbell. Good luck. Be the future England manager uh, if Gareth Southgate doesn't do well. That's the thing. At the end of the day, we hope he does well. Yeah. I don't. I don't because he's a weirdo, but carry on.
Welcome to Mark's game. <laughs> Welcome to my game. Um, Alright, so the rules are, I've I've looked and thought, okay, let, let's make a game which you... you Chris has traps. Yeah, but also you kind of should know. So, I, this is Premier League history here. Oh god. I've looked at the games where there was the, the most amount of goals scored in a single game. Yeah. Or the biggest winning margin in a game. Yeah. Man City against so another I, team. No, so Portsmouth Reading. I'm going to say um, one of the teams, and you've got to tell me the opponent. Okay. I've just given it away. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking, initially I, I was going to put Danny as the top goals in a game, but I might switch that now because you've given away one of the answers. Damn it. <laughs> no, I think I've got this. Right. So I was going to put Danny as the top goals. Chris, you're the biggest winning margin. Okay. So, Danny, top goals. So, I'll throw an example. Tottenham beat Wigan 9-1. Yeah, so, that's 10 that. goals in the game. The first scored five. Oh, that's from that game. No. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Tottenham right. beat Wigan. So, I'm going to start with most goals in the game. Reading lost to a team 7-4. Can you name that team? Portsmouth! <laughs> <Hey. laughs> Alright, 1-0 to Danny. That's the highest scoring game in Premier League history. Yeah, with How many goals, goals. Yeah. Chris, you've got the biggest winning margin. Okay. So, for example, Tottenham beat Wigan 9-1. That was eight goals difference. So Is this just Premier League, by the way? Or just Premier League. Okay. So... Manchester United beat this team 9-0 <laughs> and it is the Premier League record for the biggest victory. Can we ask for clues like what year and stuff? It was in March 92 or 93? 95. 95. 95. Is. is there points on offer if he gets it wrong? Say no. no. Say no. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's alright. Give him a chance. Uh, alright, I'm going to it. say Norwich. It's oh, oh, no. close. Ipswich Town. Oh, I had Ipswich in my head. Did you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's a, that's a fair guess. All right. Tearing up the championship at the moment. This was meant to be an easy one. I don't think we'll get the 7-4. Right. Um, Arsenal lost 8-2 oh, to Arsenal. <laughs> 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 Who did really play for? Come on. 2009-8. I should have done it the other way around. Yeah. Definitely. Never mind. Carry on. Never mind. You can swap them now if you want. Can I just say that um, a friend at work listens and he goes, I love how your games just don't work. (laughs) (laughs) You just talk (laughs) through it. (laughs) And yet you lose every time. I don't know how. Carry on. Carry on. (laughs) I've given Chris Danny Session. All right. So just swap it. And then carry on from there. Give him... Yeah, I could do. Yeah. Alright, we're going to swap them. Cool. Give you a Start again. <laughs> Gary, you're so right. <laughs> Alright, Chris. Top goals with 10 goals scored. Manchester United drew 5-5 with this team. West Brom. Last game of the season, wasn't Alex it? Ferguson's last ever game. There you go. Yeah, Give me a fist bump, Dan. Bang, don't even need the rest of the question. The car could be the biggest game of the hatchet in his lifetime at this rate. So, Danny, 
in September 1999. Remember it well? Remember it well? Newcastle United beat this team 8-0. Is this all Man United? <laughs> Newcastle, well, Newcastle beat this team 8-0. They beat Man United 5-0, but they didn't beat them 8-0. Um, they beat someone 8-0 in 1999. Christ, I have no idea. Um, 99 was obviously Man United's trouble winning season. Newcastle got to the FA Cup final. Was that when yeah. Kevin Keegan was like, I would love it? No, 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 that was different. They got to the FA Cup final and we beat them. Um, who would they have beaten? It was like when they had Schindler and all of those guys there. It was a good team. Um, September I'm 1999. I'm going to have to just come up with some random uh, team that's probably not in the Premier League anymore. Who got relegated around that time? Who was Forrest got relegated around that time? Who goes to Nottingham Forest? Ah, uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Ah, I knew it was a team like gonna, that. Come That's on. tough. That's tough. All right. right. You've got a chance here, Chris. Yeah, Chris, I mean. in December 2012, this team beat Newcastle. So this time Newcastle on the receiving end of a 7-3 loss. Who was that team? 7-3 loss. Has to be a big team. Um, oh, God. Is it? Do you, do you know it, Danny? Do you remember? I'm not saying anything. 7-3. Was it Spurs? So close. <sighs> it was Arsenal. Come on, come on. Not even keeping score. Oh, dear. I don't remember anything. Chris, before. Got, Chris got one. I, I do not remember anything before Unai Emery's reign. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Danny. I'm 2-1 up. In May 2010, Chelsea beat this team 8-0. Stoke City. Incorrect. Bonus point, Chris. Can you name that team? Say it again. Say the question. Didn't they beat Stoke on the last day of the season? Chelsea Chelsea beat this team 8-0. Sunderland. Unlucky. It was Wigan. When did they beat Stoke 7-0 then? I must I don't, seven nils not in the no, top. No, I just thought it really was seven nils. Alright, let's go back to Chris. I'm not keeping the bonus point, Chris. No. We're trying. <laughs> We're really trying to help you here, Chris. Stop drinking and start playing. No. Alright. In December 2007, this team beat Reading 6-4. In a game that totaled 10 goals. <laughs> Good maths. <laughs> um, uh, six four. God, I'm this I'm fucked. I can't. Reading, what year was it? It's getting rough. Two thousand and seven, December. Jeez. Um. Let's go for West Ham. It was Tottenham Hotspur. Oh come on! I didn't remember that. Danny. Yeah. Chelsea beat this team seven nil. Eight nil in December twenty twelve. Chelsea beat this team 8-0 in December, December 2012. Yeah, they beat Stoke at the end of the season, so it can't have been Stoke on them. They, they beat another team 8-0. Have you not already done this one? What year did you say, sorry? So, they beat Wigan 8-0 in 2010, but they beat another team 8-0 in 2012. This was right. Ancelotti's team, if I remember right. 8-0. I haven't got that to hand. I think it was Ancelotti's team, but they oh. didn't smash a few teams that season. Yeah, they did, including Stoke. Um, who gets smashed all the time by Chelsea? Was it? It's not a yeah. Well, I feel like it. 
When was that? Six years ago? No, Bolton were already gone by then. Um, I cannot remember Chelsea winning 8-0 against anyone. Do you know what I'm thinking back to? Like fantasy football. Who would I have had that would have got... What year? Must have got, oh, Drogba. 2012. Drogba must have got like four or five goals at least in that game. Um, Actually, the team they beat 8-0 at the time was not that bad a team. Um, I'm going to go to Everton. Oh, Aston Villa. Oh, I thought of them as well. Oh. Alright, finally. Last question, Chris. To equalise the game. Southampton won 8-0 against this team in October 2014. Jeez. So, Southampton won 8-0 against this team. Do Tadic. Do Tadic got like four goals and two assists. I had him in my fantasy team. I'm going to go for Norwich. Ah, Sunderland. Oh. I remember Tadic absolutely destroyed him. Uh, I had a tie break, but I definitely didn't need that. <laughs> we never need it, but let's go, go with it. Uh, well, my tie break was a slightly different game. So my tie break was in the Manchester United versus Arsenal, 8-2. You take it in turns. Can you name the goal scorers? Oh, God. First to get it wrong, loses. Who's first? Seems like, seems what like year one. was it? Give me the year, please. 2008? The 8-2. It was in uh, August 2011. So, Danny, you can start. Can you name one of the scorers in that game? Wayne Rooney. Correct. He got a hat-trick. He did. Man United. Chris. Ryan Giggs. Incorrect. No, 2011. So, Welbeck had opened the score for Man United. Then Young with the banger. Mm. Then Rooney, Walcott made it 3-1. Uh, Park scored, Nanny scored, Van Persie scored. Van Persie was going to be another guess. So there we go. There you go. Thanks, Chris. I did my best, Chris. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> I, tried. Really tried to help I really me. enjoyed that game. So the draw for England's uh, Euro 2020 qualifiers have just come out. They have. They have indeed. Disappointing. Not very easy for me to say. Um, but they've also got the uh, semi-finals of the Nations League, so I'm quite confused as to what happens when. But we'll so see the, how the it goes. The Nations League semi-finals is the fifth and sixth of June, and then I think the finals yeah. the tenth. I, I don't know if we should get into this conversation because I don't think any of us has got the answer. I've got the answer. The well, answer? all right then, because what's the question? Well, the question is, <laughs> right, the question is, England's in the final fourth of the Nations League. Yeah. If they were to win the Nations League, isn't someone supposed to qualify for the Euros, but England yeah. qualifies anyway? Yeah. So if they were to qualify for the Euros through their group and for the Nations League, what happens? Then whoever comes second in the Nations League, if they also qualify for the normal, then whoever came third, and whoever came fourth, and whoever came fifth. The reality is, you could lose Group B and probably still become the Nations League champion and get... So what's the point because in the Nations so League? Is, so well, this is why I found our qualifying group quite disappointing. Because I was like, this is the year we wanted the hardest qualifying group we possibly could get. And it looks like we've got the easiest. Why? Because we are probably going to qualify anyway through the Nations League. But it's a free hit to play big teams in competitive games. But at the same time, it doesn't come your ranking, and then you're like, if you if you beat all the teams, you qualify well, you get better future ranking. But I think I feel like this was Danny's stats of the week. We missed it. You knew it. You knew it. You knew the the rules for the game. Because you're Danny, the stats man. <laughs> but I, yeah, no, but that's when I saw the draw. I was like, oh, I'd have liked to. Uh, well, I guess the way Cedar likes, you don't. But it would have been good to get a tougher group because I think. 
You don't want a tough group because normally you want to qualify, but if you've already qualified in a qualifying yeah. group, right. I mean, we say already qualified, we haven't quite, but yeah, it's... it's All right, look, let me, just, let me just read out the group. We're in Group A, uh, England, Czech Republic, Bulgaria, Montenegro, Kosovo. So does the only thing I would does say any about, one of them scare you? Well, the only thing I would say about that is that Kosovo are the, are the best of the worst. So you know that bottom group, the worst, you know, the Andorras and the Luxembourgs. Kosovo beat them all like 6-0. <laughs> so we've at least got the best of the worst teams. We're still better than probably, but um, at least from that point of view, yeah. we've got some, some competition. And they're only, they're, as, a com- as a country, are like, what, three years old as a football team? Four years That's old? That's why they're so, probably in the bottom. Yeah, and so actually they might be way <laughs> better than we think. Um, because they've taken on a load of players who otherwise would have gone which strangely will benefit England because England will beat them but yeah. it means they'll take points on public teams yeah exactly so I think that from that point of view is a good thing Czech Republic as far as I know are awful I can't think of one player Rizitsky does he still play there? <laughs> surely he's <left. laughs> he might be manager right now <laughs> uh, well, they've, had, they've got their worst team in years um, I mean I just like the look of uh, Holland and Holland and Germany's group payback time for Germany Germany's group is Netherlands, Germany, Northern Ireland, Estonia, Belarus. Northern that's Ireland are a scary team. That's a, good, that's a tough group. And Holland's obviously made Germany get relegated. But qualifiers aren't really made for having a group of death, essentially. No, Do you know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. The one thing I didn't check is does third place go in a playoff? Of the Nations no, League? No, 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 the no, they don't. Oh. It's just top two go through, and that's it. And then the other four places come out of the Nations League. So there's no um, So I don't know what the right way to frame the question but I'll try and do it as best I can but I guess what are your expectations for England in the Euros even though I know it's what a year and a half away I expect to win alright Mark are you <laughs> stupid as well <laughs> choo choo go on that no, train I had a good run I had a good run in the beat the teams we should beat so like the same in the World Cup we lost to the teams that were better than us and questionable but okay well Belgium are better than us and Croatia were probably similar level. Yeah. Not, now we're probably better. Now we are, but I think, yeah, they, were, they peaked. Yeah, we hit a peak, Croatia. Um, yeah, I would like a good one. And beat the teams we should beat, and beat a big team. I have to say, with the way things are going, with how Southgate's got the, the players playing, with the camaraderie, with the attitude of everyone, I can't see why. Why, why is it so ridiculous to say we can win it? Because the English press can turn so quickly. Yeah, uh, I'm not English press. No, yeah. hold on. Well, hold on. Just a bad <laughs> no, you worse. can turn so quickly. Mark, genuine, uh, Mark, genuinely, I think that the thing that will stop us is just that in maybe Southgate. I think is um, a good manager in terms of the structure of the, the team. I think that. But I think <laughs> maybe. But I think that the thing that's going to hold us back is just the individual quality that we produce. I, I just, have you seen our, the uh, Eastern true? Yeah, but they're still young. That's the problem. Uh, but also, Chris, you, you never win anything with kids. You don't rate some of the best talent we've got. Yeah. I don't Sterling, know. Sterling is no. brilliant. Hold on. We're going to go on to this Bell and Dior talk in a second. And, and how Sterling was robbed. Uh, no. <laughs> no, and he's going to... He's going to... I'm, I'm going to... No, but I'm, I'm going to mention him. And I think... No, I actually... Probably... I'm, I may be, Maybe I'm the most negative out of all of us. But in terms of the way England looks and the young players we have, I am so... Before the World Cup, I thought... Or, uh, yeah, the World Cup, I thought... There's no way England's got any chance of doing anything... That World Cup one has given me hope, and I can see England doing very well in the future. 
It's not the fact that the players we have aren't good enough. It might be just a timing issue that where they may be just a little bit too young in certain aspects because other players are going to be coming in like Madison and stuff like that. So uh, Loftus-Cheek is probably going to feature more. Some of the older players are probably going to fall out. I don't know if Fabian Delph is going to be there for the next 10 years um, still. But, <laughs> but it, it's just that sort of thing. We're, but, talk, we're uh, talking in two years' time. Yeah. We're, time. We're, 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 <laughs> we're talking that far away. And I'm just like on... I guarantee he'll be in the team. For sure he'll be in the team. They'll have Jaden Sancho, they'll have other exciting players. Oh, it, yeah, they don't forget that. You know, people like Reese Nelson who are tearing it up in Germany and I was talking about, yeah, he's still turned 18. See, I think he'll some be some amazing young players coming through. See, I think well, Nelson, but I think the talent in Ox, like, I, I still wouldn't write Lallana off. Yeah, agreed. Come on, write him off. You're like, you're hanging on to him like I uh, hung on to Jack Wilshere. Jack Wilshere could still make it in the side. Yeah, right? Paul Wilshere would have won us. Did you out. see what Manuel Pellegrini said that Wilshere would go for 100 million pounds in this day and age transfer market? You know he's a top player. But the <laughs> thing that the thing that no, all right. My final point is the thing that might stop us or hinder us in the future is that striking wise, is there anyone above Kane? Is there anyone on the same level as Kane? Are we Do bringing any other young young? Do you need anyone on the same level as Kane? You need someone else in terms of depth, surely. Callum Wilson. Don't write Rashford off. And Rashford, yeah. It's only, what, okay. 20? It's, it's 20. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do think with Rashford sometimes, because he seems to have been around now for two, two and a half years, he gets forgotten how he Well, because Mourinho's stunting his growth, um, it's a big problem for everyone. But what an arsehole he is. What an arsehole Mourinho is, He's yeah. ruining it for England. He's ruining it for United. Get out. Get out. Anyway. Um, Ballon d'Or. Yeah. Modric won the Ballon d'Or. What a shock! No one saw that coming. You been serious? No. Oh. Worst oh. kept secret in history. Yeah. We've been winning it we for were the last talking, six months. I was talking at work about it today, and I was like, the Ballon d'Or is pretty much last season. Yeah. So you base it on last season. I was like, it is tough to argue there was a player who had. Oh, a he won. Season. The, he got. He got best player in the World Cup, and he. Um, and he won the. Champions League and he was basically the best player. So, so Chris laughing. is laughing at what, how old would that Le, have been? No, Laporte's coming on yeah. for Mark. One minute. One, one minute, one point. <laughs> I don't um, really need the points this week. I'm not, I, I'm not joking. So, one point is better than none. Uh, um, carry on. Yeah, I think the, the Ballon d'Or was. Uh, I think the news was already there. If I knew what it was already going to win it. The big news. Was the female Ballon d'Or? Ah, oh, decent. Yeah, not so decent what the uh, what the man said to her. Well, you know what? This this is a, I'm actually bugged by this because this is the first woman to ever win a Ballon d'Or, and she has come out. And she's white. <laughs> <laughs> Forty-two goals in twenty-five games, nothing to do with it. Uh, hey, look. Let's not get into the semantics. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, where was that? No, but it has bugged me because, like, this DJ made a joke. So he came out. DJ, wasn't he? Uh, the MC. Compare? Can you mean the MC? I thought he's a DJ by trade. Oh, oh I don't know. I have no idea either. Maybe. Oh, I thought he was, he's a DJ. Oh, probably. And, and he. Had was he it was presenting the Ballon d'Or? Well, it was because obviously they when they get celebrities. I guess so. I don't know. And uh, 
So he was told he's got to dance with every winner. So he's got a song for every winner. Ah. Ah, that makes so a bit more he's sense. he's going to dance with every winner. And then he, the song he had for her was Frank Sinatra. So he said, oh, I made the joke about twerking as... Because the irony that is to Frank Sinatra. And uh, he was like, oh, it was totally... He's, Misconstrued. But he yeah. was sorry about it. She didn't find the joke funny at all. But... Um, She's come but, out afterwards and said she knew it was a joke. But she was like, don't let it overshadow my awards. I went onto the Guardian website, to the BBC website, to the Sky News, Sky Sports, and BT Sport website. All of them have the sexism round. Look, Dove, just Google, um, you know everything is about female football sexism. But the sexism has massively overtaken the women's the, football needs to be valued more. Yeah, but to be it's fair, to be, but yeah, but to be fair, we're talking about it now. I thought we were talking about Ballon d'Or. But the story should be the first ever woman Ballon d'Or and saying that she scored forty-two goals in four games. She scored. <laughs> I think they should say how bad that league is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that's <laughs> a good point. No, but all jokes aside, even Salah didn't score. Almost like two goals a game. No, all jokes aside, <laughs> it should the story should be about her winning the award. Yeah, and. That's what's bugged me. Is like she's come out and said, "Look, it's not a joke. Like uh, it was a joke. I like I'm not that fussed by it." He's come out and apologized. He, he's got a, he put a tweet on today, and uh, he said, oh, "Look, I'm sorry." And the comments on it are like, "You sexist pig. You should die." And you're like. Reasonable. Right. Yeah, well, first reasonable. of all, Twitter trolls, Christmas all about that. I wrote also, it. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, what, like, yes, let it highlight an issue, but why, why overshadow it? So, right, so Modric, deserved winner. <laughs> yes. Here's a question. Why do you think they invented a young Ballon d'Or category this year? Is it just so they could give it back or something? Probably. I think they just want to overtake player of the year. It was ridiculous. There's no need for all these awards. You should have one best player of the year, and that's it. You shouldn't have like four different awards for it. No, no, no. Look, young, young best player and, and women players, I think it's a good thing to have. I think. Why you have a. Should have played in like the under 21s World Cup, not in the bloody World Cup. Yeah. True, but the fact that you, you can play uh, as a 16, 17 year old in a professional yeah, level, you can't avoid it. Can't avoid right, it. Mbappe's not 16. He's so, 19. Wait, oh, 16 and a half, isn't he? <laughs> played in the World Cup. Great player. But, um,. Well, I, do you know what? I, do you know what? I just want to do a short prediction that although um, Modric seems to have broken his ten-year um, grip from uh, Messi and Ronaldo, Ronaldo is going to win it next year, guaranteed. Of course, guaranteed. Well, bonus, of course he will. Bonus point, Chris. Who was the last player to win it outside of Benzi? It was Zinedine Zidane. <laughs> no, it was Ronaldinho. Kaka. Is it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Bonus- when he was at AC Milan. Yeah, yeah. Ripped Man United. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good talk. Good talk. All right. Um, oh, we should probably also mention when we're talking about women in football, uh, England have just won the bid for the Euro 2021. Wait, uh, yeah, yeah. not one, not one of us are going to watch it. Yeah, no, it's in the World Cup in France next year. Uh, I don't know, probably. <laughs> but <laughs> I just know that England yeah, just won the bid yeah. for 2021, oh, so which is yeah. great. But then obviously we want to see the tournament. I, I think the World Cup's in France next year. See how England do. And if they look good... We'll support them. We'll support them. <laughs> <laughs> if not, we'll borrow them. Good old-fashioned press. Um, good. We're going to do the uh, results league. We all put our results in for tonight. Um, ahead of time, obviously, because we wasn't on. Um, I think all of our games for tomorrow. 
Uh, yeah, but how did we do last week? Oh, uh, how we did last week. Yeah. Danny did Huddersfield to beat Brighton 2-1. Oh, Zero nice. points. 2-1 to Brighton. Well done for you coming from behind. I did 2-0 to Southampton versus Man United. I was almost there. I was so happy after those two goals. Thinking, what a prediction. Great I'm prediction the man. Cedric, yeah, great, great, great. But it was 2-2 in the end, so I got zero points. Mark did Cardiff to beat Wolves 2-1. Oh, what a shout, that What is. a shout, what a shout. 2-1 it was to Cardiff. That's three points. No, one point. 2-1, he didn't 1-0. Oh, you did 1-0, yeah. I was going to say. He did 1-0. Chris just said it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty important. I important. just said it wrong. I think the whiskey's... Ah, uh, <laughs> okay. I've been drinking Who have we gone for this week? So, um, both you and Mark have gone for Everton and Newcastle, am I right? Yeah. Cheers, yeah, Danny. Sorry, I'd so I've done 2-0, you've done 3-1. Have I? Yeah, yeah okay. that's tomorrow. I've gone for Tottenham to beat Southampton 3-1. Uh, yeah, right. 3-1, uh, so we'll have to have a look at that tomorrow. Can you just put me in? I will do. I'll put you in. Um, so currently, the league stands at Chris at 10 points, Danny at 7 points. Mark oh, has creeping up a little bit with 6 points, catching Danny. We'll see Danny, how that goes. We haven't had a 3-point yet, have we? No. Nah, because you're terrible at this game. But I'm only three points behind you, so... Yeah, but... That one result that you, you've got... There's some stupid result as well. It's like a 4-1 or something. Out of nowhere. No, I'm just good at this stuff. I may not be good at football knowledge, but I'm good at the now. Here and now is what I'm good at. All right. All Talk Fantasy Football Team. I won it, um, and it was before this weekend's uh, games as well. So I'll just tell you now, I chose... Pogba to leave the team. Clearly not. That's that's last week, surely. Don't tell me I didn't do it. You brought an out. Did you do it in your own team? Oh! You brought an out No, I haven't. He was already in. Was that an out in the team? Why why didn't you take... Oh yeah, you brought Philippe Anderson. Did you do it? I I did it this morning. When you said... There we go. Oh, easy. Oh, you made him captain. Right. right. So for all talk um, fantasy team this week, it was my turn to pick because I smashed these lots of bits. Danny can't even get a win this Being time. Four points. Smashed him. Smashed him. So I put I took out Pogba, which we should have done last week, a week late, and I put Felipe Anderson. Put him as captain, which was a massive error because he's only got a massive two points this week. But there you go. Um, we'll talk about that next week when we do this thing. I think we uh, might want to skip over this game week. It's not, it's not looking great. We've all got points, Arnautovic yeah. with a zero point captain. Yeah, but Fanny Hatsky said got me a safe penalty, didn't he? So, there you go. Some sort of points. Yeah. So, front three, back four. Front three, back four. Who wants to go first? I don't mind. I'll go with mine. Mark, go first. So, we spoke about it before the pod, so I almost wanted to change it. But actually, my front three this week... Tyson Fury. Mm. So, uh, Surely that should be all talk, all sports. Yeah, uh, but we haven't done it. Well, the bit I wanted to point out was his reaction after the fight. So, you're probably well aware right now that it's the biggest robbery in boxing yep. since Lewis drew with Holyfield back in 99. Yeah, we all know that. Big yep. fans. Big, big there. fans. So, uh, similar, similar incident, Lewis battered... Holyfield for 12 rounds and also the judges then gave it a draw and uh, same thing happened to Tyson he got robbed by uh, one of the Mexican judges and his reaction at the end was something 
we should all learn from because he so Tyson knew that he had more fans there than Wilder he also knew what kind of fans he had so without gypsies yeah without generalizing he's got fighting fans and when the when the bell went he went over to his team and said look don't be outraged because if I make a fuss it's kicking off and when they announced the draw, it was robbery. But he, he went over to his team and said to him, look, don't, don't make a big fuss of this, because if we do, the crowd's going to lose it. And his reaction actually calmed the crowd down. And uh, for his awareness, where like literally a few minutes earlier, he's pretty much knocked out, to have the awareness to say, guys, look, be careful here, because if I start kicking off and we start kicking off, there's going to be a riot. And uh, he also donated a lot of his money from the fight to charity to help with mental health and homelessness. So fair play to him. Like big respect. Respect. Yeah. So it was all talk about the the result of the boxing. Fight, actually. It was all talk. I like how you got that in there. Keyword. Yeah. Keyword. <laughs> yeah. So all the talk was uh, about the the result and whatnot. But actually, there was a lot of good that that sort of went under the radar. So. Uh, should I just go to my back four? Yeah, yeah, please. That was boring. Right, my back four is gender reveals. Oh, I love this. Oh, um, now Chris is excited. <laughs> yeah. So we've seen we've probably seen online the more extravagant reveals going on these days. So like, if for those of you that don't know, a um, couple of uh, expecting parents now, what they do is they put on a bit of a show, and then there'll be something, and it might be pink for girls if you subscribe to that and blue for boys and they'll do a big party and, and no one knows and then like a balloon will pop my child has aqua because <laughs> yeah. he's a gym you've both lost me uh, what are you all about so uh, I, I don't know what chris is on about, but a gender reveal party essentially so you invite people around i'd rather people than tell them the gender of your baby well, you no know, you have a you have a you have a special happens. way of revealing it so uh, you okay. can have balloons going in the air and you pop them and then the color comes out uh, some people yeah. have a color coming out of a cake uh, this and it's gotten a bit yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it started to get ask your now. girlfriend so it started to get a lot bigger now so obviously as things get bigger and they go on media people are now getting even bigger gender reveals Unfortunately, in South Australia, this went horribly, horribly wrong. So, uh, they, in their gender reveal party, took it. It took a dangerous turn. So they essentially had a cake which was gonna produce like burnout and produce pink smoke, showing a girl, a girl's like gender. Yeah. It ended up setting their car on fire. <laughs> what? So there was a car burning with pink smoke coming out of it. That ended up setting fire to a small woods forest, and has cost. Don't tell me that's the California fire. Uh, fire <laughs> is it? Well, in South Australia, it's cost over eleven million pounds worth of damages. Wow! Because of the fire, two hundred people were forced to evacuate their homes, and eight hundred different firefighters had to come to put the fire out. But the question on everyone's lips, is it a girl or a boy? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's neither. So this wow, is that's, a, that's, a, that's a bad, <laughs> that's a bad party. Oh, that's oh. good, I like that. Go on, Dan, you go. Um, sure, so Marathon 3 this week is nice to see it's lots of fans. Um, I don't know if you saw what they did at Leicester last week. 
on the weekends. I saw them swearing at the ref and like no. screaming abuse when they were losing. <laughs> it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Oh, wasn't oh, that oh okay. So, kind top class, Leicester City fans, um, it, well, actually, the supporters group, I think they called like the, the something movement, the Hornets supporters group, uh, they raised £2,500 for an enormous banner which read, Thank you, Vishai, for allowing us all to dream. Rest in peace. So the supporters group went to Leicester and took a massive sign which just said, Thank you, Vishai, and said that. So his son saw that and so made an announcement at half time that all Watford fans could have free food and free drink for the rest of the game and could help themselves to the VIP bar. And I just think that's a really nice touch. For yeah. both sides. Yeah. Back four? Yeah, so my back four. Um, so, my back four is about a tennis supremo called Justin Kimmelstock. Have you heard of him? Yeah, big fans. I heard of him. He's great. So, Justin was actually a really good player. He was a two-time doubles champion. Uh, he's hotly, he was, recently, hotly tipped to be the new ATP president. He was going to be the most powerful man in tennis, effectively. Uh, unfortunately... He's recently been arrested, and he's currently out on £50,000 bail, and he's going to go to court because he allegedly, allegedly, got to say that officially, assaulted a 50-year-old venture capitalist in the streets. Who, Bentner? No, this was oh. Justin Gimmelstock, the guy who's about to take the top job in tennis. But it doesn't stop there. The Let's don't stop these people getting the, top jobs. The venture capitalist that uh, he battered stated in court, somebody attacked me from behind, he knocked me to the ground, he pinned me down, he punched me in the face and the head more than 50 times in front of loads of witnesses, and then during the assault, he continually screamed, I'm going to effing kill you. Now, any, ordinarily you think, that guy's probably not got much chance of getting out of this. But the rules of the ATP organisation mean his fellow board members actually can't vote him out or force him out, and he has to step down himself. However, he's refusing to step down, because he's currently yeah, in a custody battle... Makes with sense. His, well, he's currently in a custody battle with his wife, he was also taken into court for abusing him uh, for the last 10 years. That's an angry man. And he's not, and has now applied for a restraining order. At which point, a second restraining order has just been raised on him because another businessman, Chris, whoever, has just accused him of assault and is now filing more charges. So this guy, who's top of the ATP crew, who's meant to be take on things, clearly been battering people, abusing his wife, but terrible... So no one can take him out of his job. So this week, Novak Djokovic, or last week, Novak Djokovic has uh, stepped in, and as he's the leader of the something council, he's brought in all Probably the players and council, looking, and he's looking, they're looking to change the rules so they can get him out. How ridiculous is that? They can't vote him out because of his power, and yet he's about to go to prison. It just, yeah. I, oh, it's so funny now at the top of society. So fucked. Yeah, like, <laughs> why can't a guy be the top guy in something and not have <laughs> some <check problem>. <laughs> Yeah, like Jeremy Carl works on all levels of say. Uh, hey, he's, he's a tennis player. I'll still bang him up. So my back four is not just Justin Gimmelstock for being an ass. It's also uh, the ATP for being useless and having stupid rules that means you can't get rid of people even when they get to jail. Yeah, but in fairness, they probably put these rules in thinking. Uh, the guy who's going to run the ATP won't be a wife beating pedestrian beating <laughs> entrepreneur beating like, it's amazing isn't it it's not even like he hit it like, shopper system beating he's <laughs> a guy up in the middle of the street in front of everyone what is he thinking oh, crazy anyway, that was my back four Allegedly. 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 There is Allegedly. only a court case still very official. I'm very sorry if it's not true. Yeah. I have to say the evidence is pretty much. Danny's opinions are all himself. Rivers, there's no smoke without fire. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Let me get through I mean, these real pink. quick. <laughs> Let me get through these real quick. I've got two uh, front threes and one back four. Oh, my back, my back four this week yeah, is uh, Starbucks. No, my back four this week is porn. My back four this week is porn. Starbucks, uh, which the business insider says, Starbucks says it's finally going to block customers from watching porn in their stores after years of pressure. After years of pressure, Starbucks says it has found a way to prevent customers from watching porn in their stores. More than you think. More than you think. It comes after there's a there's an organization called Enough is Enough that have been moaning about Starbucks not uh, putting um, stop gaps on their internet for people to be watching porn on uh, their free Wi-Fi. So I right, just presume right. public Wi-Fi would have like work. What like work? Internet. You'd be wrong, Dan. You'd be wrong, Mark. <laughs> I've tried. I've tried at work. No, but like you just presume there would be like I'm, 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 I've never even thought it. That is um, yeah. that is pretty funny. Yeah. All them four G's I've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so porn is in your back four for that reason. Not Starbucks. Yeah, porn should be free everywhere. Without using maybe my free jeans. Exactly. Maybe the herd yeah. ATP wouldn't go around beating people up if they just relax in In my uh, front three this week, one of my front threes is you're back. Who's he playing for? <laughs> <laughs> Am I? I've been saying for years. For years, I've been saying that lifting with your knees is a sign of weakness, and scientists has uh, proved me correct. A rounded back is just as efficient and safe as lifting with bent knees. Scientists have proven that, you know the old adage that yeah, yeah. Lift, lift with your knees. knees, not with your back. Well, yeah. lifting with your back outside of your knees makes no real difference. And that actually lifting with your back, you end up using less energy. Which scientist was this? Um, was this in the sun? <laughs> The scientists who published their findings in the Scandinavian Journal of Pain uh, are calling for a change of lifting in guidelines after studying forestry workers, according to the Telegraph. So the Daily Mail got off the Telegraph, so well, in enough. your face. Must be true. Yes. Well, fair enough. Then. The squatting technique is taught to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that bad you've got. Nothing but it makes no it makes no sense because at the gym one of the biggest power lifts is doing a deadlift, which is all back. Well, not if no, no you, you do, it, you do it right. Yeah, no, if you do it right. <laughs> not if you do it if you're weak. You, you do not deadlift with a curved back. <laughs> no, I have deadlift with a curved back than everything, straight legs, all that, and that's why I'm the strongest one in this room. Uh, also, in my front three this week is pay less shoes. Now, you may not know who these guys are, but they're one of these big value... Fans, big, fans. big fans. Big fans. Danny and a big yeah. fan. Yeah. Payless Shoes are um, one of those budget shoe places in America. You know, like Shoe Zone, where you just get shoes out yeah. of a basket? Yeah. Plimp soles. Plimp soles, whatever. Yeah. Them five-pound plimp soles work. Work shoes. Great. They were great. Yeah. So, Payless Shoes um, fooled influencers um, in America by making a shop called Paylisi and branding their... $20 shoes as $500 and $1,000 shoes and getting them to buy them. And people bought them. 
and they bought them. They hoodwinked all of the influencers. But is it hoodwinked? Because yeah. I, if you get told by a company, you go to a shop and you see the price. You, you just lie. You don't have to me. You well, literally lie to me. I understand what Mark's saying because what, what makes something valuable is it just the fact that you say it is. And that's what pay lease or pay less is proven, that people are stupid. Because yeah. if you say it costs this much and people are going to pay it, well, why not? It's exactly the same reason why Banksy's paintings. When, when he goes to auction and doesn't say his name, someone goes and gets it for like 200 quid and then he announces it's Banksy, it's worth a million. It's the same painting. People don't know. But it's why I don't buy anything that's not on sale, and anyone that does, they're stupid. <laughs> well, on that bombshell. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Right. Great one. Uh, my one was about um, Robin Hood and their kids. Uh, I'll save it for next week. Mine was about. Uh, did you see YouTube announce their biggest earners of the year? No. Seven year old. Seven year old. It's the biggest earner. Yeah. Little who is he? After all talk FC. Yeah, he's huh. a seven-year-old who reviews kids' toys. That's amazing. He made... He got 20... Uh, I haven't got the stats in my hand. He, I think he got like 36 billion views. Which made what? him 17 million pounds, 22 million dollars last year. Jesus Christ. Josh! <laughs> Review this toy <laughs> for us, please! <laughs> that is sad. Uh, right. This was a... Full, full episode. Yeah. Really right. good is stuff. Your, is your laptop turned off? Yeah, still on. So, occasionally we could do it with a long episode. The short one time we got us any listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, let's just mix it It's going to be three hours long. I don't know about you guys, but I enjoyed this and I'm uh, pretty drunk right now. <laughs> so, good stuff. Let's do this more often. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know when the next one will be, but we'll talk about things that are in the news. Maybe, maybe not. We'll uh, talk about Man United beating Arsenal. I feel like we should stay off news topics or have a proper discussion of them because I think we're too jokey. I don't mind it. Like, we should I talk about this after the pod. <laughs> as you say, what my opinions are because yeah, I bit my tongue a few times. Are we still recording? We are recording, of course, but we have to say goodbye. This was a good one, but a long one. I've enjoyed it. Have you guys enjoyed it? We'll talk about Arsenal smashing Man United next time. Next time, and uh, we'll talk about anything else that's relevant to football and anything else. Next time. <laughs> next time. <laughs> next time. <laughs> <Yeah>. next time. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.